Okay, but I wanted to talk to you today. First of all, today's, uh, uh, the learning in the shul today is, is uh, sponsored by Michelle and Zev Shrim. In memory of Michelle's great aunt, Frida Stern, who Rivka Frida Bechaya Bas Asher Zelik Vimechala, who herself was a Holocaust survivor who passed away just 30 days ago. Today is her shloshin. So uh, our learning today should be a zechus for her neshama and for all cholim. So I want to talk to you today about a story that is, uh, I, I've, we've never really, I don't think we've ever touched on this story, probably because I always skipped it when we uh, get to Parshas Emor. We haven't given that many shrimp on Parshas Emor, but it's a very uncomfortable story, to be honest. It's an uncomfortable story, but I think we're getting more sophisticated in our running and we can handle um, even more uncomfortable, or at least maybe I can. Uh, you know, maybe I'm getting more mature and truly that are bold at trying uh, to handle stories that are less, less comfortable. And this is the story of the Mikalo, okay? The story of the person who cursed the Yibon Rosholam and was sentenced to death. So let's, let's read it. You'll tell me what you like and don't like. There's a lot to be confused by. And maybe we'll give a couple of uh, explanations here that hopefully you'll like and maybe you won't like. And that's probably, that's part of the, the party here, right? So. So there is a son of a Jewish woman who was also the son of an Egyptian man who went out, he went out into the Jewish people. He, there became a fight, an argument that went on between this son of the Jewish and this Jewish man. Okay, I guess like you'd call him Ish Yisraeli, like fully Jewish, right? This, this boy is, this man is Jewish, right? He's Jewish, his mother's Jewish, right? Um, but he he's, has a non-Jewish father, and he gets into a fight with another, another Jew. Vayikov ben ha'isha Yisraeli, says Hashem, vayikalel, vayaviyu asol Moshe, v'shem imo shlomit bativri lamateidan. So he, in the course of this conversation, the, he doesn't, curse the guy, he curses the Rebona Sholem. Curses Hashem. He curses Hashem. And, um, and this was the name of his mother. Shlomi Ba'atavil Matetam. Vayinechei Ba'amishmar. And they put him in jail. Lifrosh Lahem Api Hashem. They figure out what to do, what to do with this person. Fine. So what happens? Vayidabar Hashem Ba'ashalem. Warehotseyas HaMekhalel El Mechutsa Machaneh. So they say, Hashem tells Moshe, take the Makala outside the camp. Everyone who heard what he said, they heard him curse, curse Hashem, put your hands on his head. And then they're going to stone him to death. Okay? And you, and you should tell people that anybody who curses Hashem will uh, accept his chate. Most you must. Fine. So they, uh, they, that, this is what's going to have to happen. And then the Torah continues to tell you other halachos. If you kill somebody, you should die. If you kill an animal, you got to pay for it. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you cause someone a mum, then you got to pay for it. You know, shever takha shever, ayin takhas ayin, shen takha shen. If you hurt somebody, you basically have to pay for it. You don't, you don't actually take your eye out. If you take someone else's eye out, you pay for the, the value. All those things. Fine. So then, and then they go ahead. And they did it. They go ahead and they do what Moshe asked. That's the story. Any uh, questions or concerns about this story? Why does it have to mention that he was half Israelite? 
what's the point? First paragraph. <laughs> what's going on? Why are we telling me the yichus? What else do they tell us about him? The mother's name. The mother's name. Shalmi Bativri. Wow. That's like a Egyptian. Like the whole. It's a lot of detail for to get to the point. A lot of detail about this person's name. It wouldn't be true if any if any Jew would curse Hashem. At their birth to death, does it matter that he's half Egyptian? Does that matter? Why is that part of the story? Clearly, it does matter, but why does it matter? Why her name not his? Why her name not his? Okay. And why the people who heard it, are, they're not being punished, but they're part of this process? Like that they heard that they... They hear this and they have to be part of the process of putting him to death, which I'm sure is not so comfortable for these people. Okay. Also, was it... Like, didn't they already get Matan Torah? So, like, wasn't the law already clear? Like, it would, it, like why does he have in jail till Hashem decided what his fate would be? Like, we know what his fate's going to be. Good. So, we actually have a, a few examples like this in the Torah where, where they're like, hold on, we don't know what to do. You know, and we ask Hashem what to do. And the truth is, the, the entire Torah was not given to Harsinai. Newsflash. Right? Um, it wasn't, um, over, over time... The Torah is written over the time they're in the Midbar until it's finally given, like the t- full Torah as a, as, a, as a full Torah isn't given until actually close to before they go into, into Eretz Yisrael. And sort of like, the, it's a, actually fascinating this discussion, like how much is written next week's Parsha Parsha Bihar, how much is written in Harsinai, how much is written in other places. Um, certain, certain things are, 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 are not written till later. We know the last, order, Sukkim, so. the last nine Sukkim of the Torah are written maybe by Yoshua, maybe by Moshe Benu before he died, right? So there's definitely timing in terms of how, when the Torah is actually written down. And clearly, you're right, this halacha had not been taught yet um, if, if they're learning the story. And, and by the way, good question. We're assuming this story happens after Matan Torah. But it's all out of order. So maybe, they, maybe they did it, yeah. right? Depends if you hold in Muqtam Muqar Torah, right? That maybe the Torah is not taught in order. Okay, fine. Good. What else? We're worried about his name, her name, why he's called Egyptian, uh, why the people have to be involved. Uh, yeah, all that stuff. We don't I didn't care. know the halacha, yeah. We don't care why they were fighting or what they were fighting about, and we don't... We we're don't, not told. We also don't ask, like, well, why, why is he cursing God's name? Like, right, what happened here? Yeah. Isn't there context? There's probably something that happened, right? It, it matters. Like, right? Doesn't it matter why he did it? Yeah. Don't we care? Why are we not include the information? Or, or it's certainly, there's a lot of information left out. So much information about his genealogy, who he is, etc., and no information about... What actually happened in the story? Yeah. Right, you have all this intro, yeah. and then you get to the actual story, and it's oh yeah, by the way, he, he they got a fight, and he uh, right. That almost leads me to believe that the fight has something to do with his right. That he's half Israelite, Israelite. like he was insulting him, ah, saying something good, like, horrible, that, right? Good, God good. Will never accept it. Right, there might be something related mm-hmm. to that right. information. Right. If it's so that information is there, what's it doing here? Good, yeah. but maybe it's maybe like those two things are connected. Good. By the way, another another great example of when the Torah tells that two people are fighting, doesn't tell us what they fought about. Kain and Hevel. Hmm. It just says they spoke to each other, and then he gets up and he kills Kain gets up and kills Hevel. They never tell us what they said. What were they talking about? What happened? About? We don't know. What did the Mephoshim say? So a lot of Mephoshim say it's related to the, to the Korbanos. Like, yeah. the oh, kind, right, that right, Hashem right. accepts Hevel, doesn't accept Kain's. You know, but, but um, some Mephoshim say, <laughs> I, I saw a beautiful parish, it doesn't matter. It's because it doesn't matter. Right, whatever, whatever they said, it, didn't, it, it was wrong, Right. But, um, but it's another example. We have two people fighting a, a very, very important fight, which leads to a very, very disastrous outcome, and we're not told what the conversation was. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, maybe because that's not the point. Also, the Lashon Hara that was spoken... Wait, or do we know that it was about his wife? Or that's what the Mepharshim say? About Moshe and Miriam. 
Well, we, we don't know what they said. They, they spoke about her. We don't know what he says. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, good. Is it specifically about We care more about the outcome, which is that she gets saras. Good, another example. Okay, fine. So this will, and by the way, I'll give you another, another funny question here is, they're told exactly what to do, and then we have like all these psukim in between. And what happens if you kill somebody's animal? Like, what? Like, what, what happened here? Right? And we come back at the end, and by the way, they did what Hashem said. Funny, a very strange, right? A little... Uh, I feel like it's like, while we're here. <laughs> what was it about murdering people? Other things you're kind of beast before. That's right. I feel like it's like, right, right, right. Those are like very famous psukim. They come in the middle of this whole story. What does that have to do with the Makalo? Right? Very strange. Very strange. Good. Okay, so we got a lot of questions. I don't know how many answers you're going to get, but we got a lot of questions. So let's take a look at source number three. Sorry, source number two. Source number two is our good friend, Rashi. And Rashi tells us the following. A couple of interesting things. So what's the first funny thing about this pasuk? Vayetzei, and he went out. What's the implication of that he went out? Okay, that's you're, you're going to take me already. You're already telling me. Shot in it, or he yeah? lived outside the camp? Maybe? Or he, he's leaving from oh, somewhere, oh, right? He was somewhere and he left that place and now he's like coming back, right? So Vayetzei, he came out of something to go into somewhere, right? So the Medrash wants to know where did he come out from? Right, so look at source number two. Vayetze ben Isha Yisrael. Rashi, last week Rashi was like the Rashbam. Today Rashi is back to Rashi. He's in a close Medrash. Mehechan Yatza. Where did he come from? Where did he come out of? Rabbi Levi Omer, Meolamo Yatza. Okay. Came out from his, from his world. What does that mean? Okay. Could be he came out of Egypt. I don't know. We have to see. So let's see. Right? Okay, he's coming out of the earlier Parsha. What is he talking about? Basically, he was making fun of the story actually comes before, which I didn't bring for you. The story before is all about the lechem ha'panim and the different, some of the korbanos that were brought. And one of them was the, the lechem that was, got, that was put on the, on the shulchan. So he was like making fun. And he was making fun of the halacha that had just been taught. Okay. And so, but there's another Bryce that says that he left the Bezdin of Moshe. He walked out, literally, he's walking out of the room. He had this conversation in the Bezdin of Moshe Rabbeinu, and he left. Okay. He went to place his, can, his, his tent in the area of Dan. Amrulo, they said to him, Matif Khalakan, what are you what are you doing here? Amalahem, you bnei Dan on He says, What do you mean? I'm from Dan. How's he mean Bnei Dan? Who's from Dan and his mother. family? Uh, yep. His mother's from Bnei Dan. How's your tribe defined? Based on your father. father. Jewishness is defined. You're Jewish or not because you have a mother, a Jewish mother. But your tribe, your tribal affiliation depends on your father. Where would he right. go, though, if he didn't right. have a Jewish father? Where is he Great supposed to go? Great point. Mm-hmm. So he has nowhere to go. So he says, I'm going to go in the area of Don. And someone says to him, what are you doing here? Okay? Amrulo, ish al diglo, boso, slavesav. They quoted him a pasuk. Azay zokt in the pasuk. You don't belong here. 
Right? You don't belong here, Mr. Mr. Mitzri. Man, get out. Nichlas lebeis dino shamoshe veyatzim mechuyav amad vegadav. He goes to the Bezdin of Moshe Beinu and he asks and he says, What's the halacha? Can I be here or not? And according to, the, according to this medrash, what did the Bezdin of Moshe say? They talk about right. You don't belong there. And what did he do? He went out and he curses them. He curses the Kaddish Baruch mm-hmm. Now you maybe understand why I feel a little uncomfortable teaching this story. Right? This is upsetting. Right? The medrash seems to imply that it was Moshe Bain himself who said, they're, technically they're right. You don't belong. You don't have a place here. They can tell you that you can't plant your, your, uh, your tent here because you're not part of this tribe. What about the fact that you can't go to any other tribe? Good kasha. But I don't know what to tell you. So it sounds like. I had no answer for him. Right? And what did he say? Forget this. And he went out and he, and he curses the Rebona Shul. He's the only one out of all of Bnei Yisrael this whole time. There's one so there's person a, so there's a last, So there's a last home. line in the Rashi which I didn't, which I didn't quote for you. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not, not gonna, don't worry, it's not going to make it better. Okay. I'm going to read it to you. Great. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, okay. Rashi says. Rashi says later on. I'm telling you. I'm going to tell you. You're not, it's not going to make you happier. Okay, it's not going to make you happier. So you don't come here to feel happy. You feel here to be challenged by me, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to feel happy. You don't come here. I make you depressed. Right? Um, you have to take on a couple of them. Look what he says. <laughs> like yeah, I don't know. Um, Rashi says. Yeah. At the end of Perak Yud, uh, Pasuk Yud Aleph, it says, "Rishemi Mo Shlomit Bativri." Rashi there says, "You do not have here." Shivchan Shal Yisrael Shapirsama Hakasuv Lazu. Why do they tell her name? Lomar Shehi Levada Haisa Zona. She was the only woman who wow. stepped out. Okay, of the whole nation. The whole nation. <laughs> well, they, were by they, were, they were paying attention last week to Kedoshim Tiyu. Okay, Prushim They were paying attention. This is the, the, Rashi says the reason why we quote her name is because she is. It's, this is hard. It's like she's millions the, of people. She's the only one. Okay. She's the only one. It is a fair point that they didn't. But, you know. But the, there was no intermingling yet. We didn't meet. Mijan. No, but like he we was a mystery, so you would assume she must have been before she left. Yes, yeah. I think yeah. it could have been before she left. Before she left. So, uh, she was a zona. Right. Right. Good. Yeah. Good. She married to the mystery. Right. Correct. Right. Correct. So hold she on. She might have been the only one in this circumstance. Good. Check it out. Keep going. Now keep going in Rashi. Right. Now go back to our Rashi. I skipped ahead because you asked the question. According to Rashi, yes, she's the only one. Okay. Ben Ish Mitzri. Look at Rashi. Hu ha Mitzri Shehargo Moshe. Rashi says. Hu Ben Ish Mitzri. This was the guy who was beating up the Jew. And Moshe went ahead and killed him. Why was he beating up the Jew? There's a longer marriage that says that they got in a fight because this Mitzri went in and assaulted the wife. Assaulted her. Right? And the guy found out. And so he was, so he was, so he was beating him up. And Moshe comes in and kills him, right? But nevertheless, this child was forever known as being this Ben Ishmitzri, Ish, okay? Which, which case, so you're right, that sort of counters the original point, which is like, she's not Zona, it's not her fault, she was raped, that's not, it's not a Zona. So, so, so conflicting, conflicting, yeah. it's conflicting, conflict, no, no, that's not Zona. The word Zona is never used for a woman who's raped, no, it's not, it's not. The opposite, the, the Torah itself says that that's not considered that. Um, she's not held accountable, etc., etc. Um, but fine. But the bottom line is 
um, that this is who this guy is. So first of all, how do you feel about this, this person now? Never. Well, I'm just on him. Yeah. Yeah. Right? What a terrible situation. He's put in this impossible situation. He's the only one. He's the only one who doesn't have a place. It's not his fault. It's not his mother's fault. Right? And he's told, <coughs> can't go. Where's his mother living? Good question. Right. Where was he living? I don't know. Where is he living? I don't know. I'm saying, okay? Where is he living? This is, by the way, why some Mepharshim say this story happened before Matan Torah. Yeah. Right? And by the way, if that's true, it explains also why. Because you say, well, he's, also, he's Jewish, at least, right? If it's before Matan Torah, maybe there's a shadow whether, whether he was Jewish or not. Because after Matan Torah, we assume anyone who's their mother is Jewish, they're Jewish. Before Matan Torah, everyone assumed you went by your father. And that was what everybody assumed. But every, every, everything went by the father in those days, right? Um, that's how Rashi addresses the case. And that's why he's so, so angry. And he goes ahead and he, and he curses. And he curses God. And he's put to death. Wow. What a tragic, horrible, terrible mother. story. So the shear's over now. I wish everyone have a wonderful day. <laughs> I'm okay. not leaving here. Okay. Well, I'm not going to fix it, but we're going to try. We're going to try to make it a little more meaningful. Okay? Uh, so, um, all kidding aside, sometimes we need to look at situations of the Torah that are challenging and that upset us and that are hard to read to find some, something in there that we can take with us. And sometimes, by the way, that we can't. And we're left with, this is uncomfortable. And I'm not sure what to do with that. That, that we can end that way also. I hope, I'm, that's not my plan. But if you walk away saying that was an uncomfortable story that makes me feel funny and uncomfortable with the Torah, okay, right? We sometimes we live with that also. But I'm hoping we'll get to, to more than that. Take a look at the Toldos Yitzchak in source number two. The Toldos Yitzchak is written by Rabbi Yitzchak Kar. Rabbi Yitzchak Kar was the uncle of uh, his much f- more famous nephew of Yosef Kar, um, and he writes like this: Usmichos Zosa Parsha the Parshiyos Right? Why is why is this story connected to? We mentioned before the story that came before him. Shalamala Amar Malas Mishamshe Hashem Bisparach Shua Kohen Hamakriv Kamoshi Berashi. But that whole story is about Kohanim working the base Amidash. The Amar Bikidashto Kias Lacha Melacha Hu Makriv. You're supposed to halacha. You're supposed to give honor to a Kohen. This idea of having the Kohen bench and giving the Kohen the first aliyah. This is because the halacha that you're supposed to give cover to a Kohen. Right, you're supposed to, you, you do things, you give him the, to, to bench first, you give him to get an aliyah first, you're supposed to open the door for a coin, there's all kinds of, you're not supposed to ask the coin to do work for you, all kinds of things like that. So, okay. Someone could, why is that? Because someone who serves Hashem, it's not because the coin is better, it's the coin has a job that he serves the Kodesh Baruch Hu, Right? So when someone who serves the Kodesh Baruch Hu, we look at them in, a, in an exalted way. And continues the halachos that also the things that we bring to Hashem shouldn't have a mum in them. Then we talked about Hashem Himself is special. That Hashem gives us the things that we need, etc. That's again also part of that parsha. That the menorah has a has a, 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 a symbolic of our of of our of our, our, our souls. Hashem gives us food that we need. And that's why he connects it to the lechem upon him. Now shows up the, the makala. and he says, he says, oh, this is nonsense. 
Whether you bone shalom is special, the kohanim are special, the avodim is special. It's not, none of that's special. Vilazeh birech es Hashem yisbarach. Birech is a euphemism. Some of the Torah will say, the Chazal will say he blessed Hashem. It's a euphemism. He cursed Hashem. Lemur less din v'lestein. He said, there is no God. Not interested. So the Torah Yitzchak says, for that, getting into his genealogy and his story and everything, what's the reason why the Mechal is, is killed? Because he rejects that which the Torah has just explicated. That, that there's so much beauty and the Yibon Shalom is in charge and we give him kavod and honor and the Torah and the, and the, the Mechal says, not interested. But Yitzchak, he walks out and says, this is terrible and he tells, starts telling other people how terrible he thinks it is and he curses Hashem and what's God's response? Someone who does that, you got to kill him. That's also not so rosy and exciting. Right? But that's one shot. One shot is, the Bible Shalom wanted to show that someone who acts this way, someone who speaks against him in that way, there's going to be certain red lines they don't cross. Many Mepharshim explained that he used the 72 letter, the special name of Hashem when he cursed him. He didn't just curse Hashem, but he cursed with the special name of Hashem. And the Bible Shalom says, sorry, you do that, you stepped over the line, and you're going to die. Okay. But let's try something a little more. Different, a little different. Take a look at the Kliyakar. Kliyakar, source number four, living about a hundred years after Yisrael Cairo. And he says like this, The Torah never tells us either of the people who were in the fight. Why? To tell us they were both kind of blemished. They're both blemished. Who's both? Yeah. Not just the Vanish Mitzri. But also the Israeli who fought with him. Anyone goes right away to fight, that reflects a certain blemish in him. Another example of a person who is goes nameless in Tanakh, a famous person who gets no name in Tanakh. Very good. The person who refuses to marry Rus. Remains anonymous. Why? Because he refused to step up and do the right thing, right? This guy who does the wrong thing, he, he isn't killed because he doesn't technically curse Hashem. But he's not a good guy either, says the Yaakar, and that's why he remains nameless. He's from the low, the low lives. shame. He's a person who has no name. Good, so he, we know he's a Jew, right? So he has his, his yichis. That's why it says they fought in the camp. Right? This terrible thing happens because of this guy, right? This other Jew. And we have a concept in Chazal that says, That when things happen through a person, so it's a positive that happens through you, doesn't mean you did it but it happens like through you, that means you, there's something special about you that something positive happened through you. If something negative happens, right? It means there's sorry, something about you. You've gotten stuff like, you, you tell kids like, you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, I didn't make the, the, the people used to make prank phone calls when you were kids, right? I was in the room giggling, right? But I didn't make the call, right? Well, you should have left, Right? You're, in, you're like in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? Person's doing the right stuff, good things will happen through them. Person's involved in the wrong stuff, bad things are going to happen. So this guy's fighting, this guy maybe mistreating him, etc. So he, the guy responds by cursing Hashem. That's his problem. 
Right? He's going to be chayev. But let's not let the regular Jew, who thinks he's special with his yichis, who attacked him, off the hook. In fact, you don't even name him. Because something negative happened through him. And keep on going. Next paragraph. I have a little bit of a proof. Because it continues to say, like, it then teaches us the general premise, this general rule. What happens if you curse Hashem? Right? We just asked, what's the, the, the follow-up? Why does the Torah continue with all these halachos? Right? What happens if you, not also, what happens if you kill somebody? What happens if you, why, why are you telling me more halachos? If you cause a mum to somebody else. It's all extra. Why are you teaching you all these details? What's all these things afterwards to teach me about? The danger of fighting. Because when you fight with somebody, when you go to battle against somebody, I'll tell you what's going to happen. It's going to be bad stuff for everybody. Negative things are going to happen. That no peace ever comes from fighting. By there, miriva, and by by fighting, yavo shiyaka nefesh adam o behema viaziko o begufo o mamani. May not kill somebody, but you're gonna hurt their property. You're gonna hurt their feelings. You're gonna hurt, you're, you're gonna cause damage through that fight. He thinks he's a big shot, and this guy walks out angry, and he's gonna fight him. Right? The answer is you're not such a big shot because your approach of deciding to go to fight against him is gonna be much worse for you. This is, this, this may be one, I don't know, this is a lot, Chazal is very smart, but this is one of the smartest things Chazal ever said, right? If you go after, if somebody's going after somebody, attacking another person personally, why are they attacking them personally? Probably. Because there's something inside of me that, that, that I pick up in that person that bothers me. Right? We go after people for things that we see, that they do, that we know that we struggle with. Right? There's actually famous examples in politics right, of of certain individuals who went after certain topics and certain issues, and then it came out that that was their thing themselves, right? I, I remember Elliot Spitzer in that story, right? The governor, yeah, right? The thing, the thing he was after, right? I won't get too graphic, but the thing he went after, a not, a not good thing, was something that he was himself involved in, right? Kol yeah, yeah. Shaposa, that's, that's an extreme example, right? But when, we, when we're bothered by certain things that other people do, very often if we think about it, it's because it's something that we struggle with. And we see it in somebody. All the time what? Also. Like the thing that makes you the craziest about your kid is mm-hmm. the thing from yourself. That's because the thing that you gave right. them. And you're watching it play out. Absolutely <laughs> it is. But the second you're aware of it, you can't. Why can't you just stop? <laughs> oh, wait, because that's me. Right? right? But you're right. That's true in parenting. But it's true with other people, other sure. communities, other this. I can't believe they're so X and Y and Z. And we should probably pause for a second and ask, Kosha, Kosha Posel, Bimumo Posel. We usually are at the Posel people who do things that are similar to us, or things that we struggle with. Okay? Fine. So, he, so, so look where it's bolded. All they had was their, fan, their, their heritage, and their heritage, and they went after each other. And look where it, look where it landed them. I see fascinating. The Kliyakar was a Rishon, or like almost a Rishon, and he talks like he's living in the 20, 21st century, always, right? Um, such an insight, right? That this story is a horrible story. It is a horrible story, but it's not just bad because of the way this guy was treated, 
right? Or just bad because he cursed God. It's, it's a terrible story because of the way two Jews interacted with each other. It led to one of them getting killed. But let's not think that this guy who attacked him gets off the hook. And that's why he's left anonymous. And that's why there's this whole story, right? What happens if two people X and Y and Z? Because it's not just talking about one guy. It's talking about both of them. Fascinating. And I saw, I saw a really interesting, and I, couldn't, I can't remember where I saw it. And I, if I would have, I would have brought you the source. Uh, there's a sefer called Beis Hillel by a, a rabbi named Rabbi Chaim Walken. And Rabbi Walken says that this, he connects this to the, the Medrash. The Medrash says, Be olamo yatsa bezdin yatsa, right? He leaves his world, but he didn't explain what that meant. And Be bezdin yatsa, he lives, leaves the bezdin that says that you know, he doesn't have a place. And he said they're not two different things. He says, because when a person feels rejected, then me olamo yatsa, they, they like leave their own world, that they have no place. A person feels rejected, they feel like they have nothing. And they don't have that opportunity to feel that they belong. And he says, and he basically writes this idea that there's two lessons there. He doesn't quote the Tliyaka, but he says a little different. But he's, he says the same idea that, that when, we, when we go after, that there's two lessons to this story. Right? One lesson is when you get, you know, when you see people who don't belong, right? don't be so quick to point out their mum. Because right? look what happens afterwards. First of all, you don't look good. It comes out bad for you. Right? But, and look what it does to them. It, but both at the same time. We think we're the, we're the hero. I'm going to notice that that person is not doing X or Y or Z. Well, what does that reflect about me? And how does that impact me to be a person who's always attacking? But he says another ha'ara also, which I think is very important. He says, well, what did Makala do in response? He took that mistreatment as a license to say, see, forget him now. Right? He judged Judaism by the Jews, which is never smart either. Right? Just because you're treated a certain way doesn't e- either give you license to now reject everything. I mean, let's, let's slow down. I'm not judging people who do that. I'm just saying. Right? There is, the, sometimes that we feel that when we get mistreated by certain types of Jews, just, oh, see, they're all like, I'm not interested, and it turns me away from you, from Yadus. And, okay, person, every person has choices to make. Right? My, uh, my, my great uncle, my great uncle was a not, not a believing person. And he, uh, my grandmother always told me this story that he was already not so interested. And then one time he went to, he was in shul and he was talking in shul. And someone said to him, if you're going to talk in shul, you might as well not come. And he said, no problem. And he never came back. Never came back. I'm not saying that they were right or wrong for telling him. I'm not saying he's right or right for his, his response. Right? There's obviously a lot more to that story. Right? But we don't have license to... to to judge, and, but we also have a responsibility, even when we're mistreated, to pause and say, well, that was one person, right? and to kind of contemplate how we, how we respond. And there's a fascinating Gemara. The Gemara Chagiga tells us that when they would go to Yerushalayim, and this relates to actually what, what, uh, what the earlier story in the, in, in, in the, in the Torah itself, but they would go to Yerushalayim, so what would we do? So the Gemara, the Gemara says like this, I, don't have, I didn't bring it for you. He says, what would happen? They would go to They would go into, into the, people would go into like, look into the Azara. And the Kohanim would pick up the Lechem upon him and they would show it to him. And they would say to them, Marin Lola Regalim, Lechem upon him. They would show it to them. And they would say to them, Look how much Hashem cares about you. Siluko Kisiduro. And the Lechem upon him would be placed on the, the Shulchan on Erev Shabbos. Hot. And it would be picked up the next month, next Arab Shabbos, hot. It would stay hot the whole week. Stay warm. How, who kept it warm? Yimbo Shalom. 
So Tzadok Kamil Blin says, "What? Why did Shalom Lachem upon him? Like what? Why is that? Why is that what they taught them?" He says such a beautiful pshat. He says, "Why is there twelve Lachem upon him? One for every sheva. One for every sheva." And he says, "One for every sheva is connected. We have a twelve. We're supposed to have twelve windows in a shul. We have more than twelve upstairs. Why do you have twelve ones in a shul? They say because there's twelve chalonos in Shemaim also. There's twelve windows in Shemaim. One for every sheva." Now, the Yibamah Shalom is able to hear the tefillah of that person, and that person, and that person. They're not all the same. They look very different. And it says with Tzadik, people would come to Yerushalayim. Imagine. They come from the five towns, and they come from Borough Park, and they come from Teaneck, and they come from Atlanta, and they come from Buenos Aires, and they would all come together to Yerushalayim. Imagine the ability and the temptation to judge at that moment. Looks funny. Look at the dressed. Look at the Look at the kind of shit. Right? And so what would the Kohanim do? They showed them 12. There's 12 of them. Why? One for you and one for you. And the Yubal keeps them all warm. He's happy with all of them. Right? And the story of the Makalel then is a story of how do we look at other Jews who don't look just like us, they don't have the same background as us, and, and, and how do we feel when we go into places and they look at us? Because I'm sure we both have had both experiences, right? We all have it. I have it too in certain places, right? Places where you go and you feel like, how are you looking at me? Is it black enough? Is it, right? Okay, good, I have a beard now, so I'll be okay, right? Like, wherever you, right? Right, 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 wherever you go, right? Everyone has that. And so we had a double challenge, right? The serve the Makaz is the double challenge. The challenge of judging and the challenge of being judged, which are both an Isayon. And how do we respond to both? And the story that the Torah is telling me is not just, bad guy, kill him. It's not that simple. The story is complicated. Look what happens when, when we see someone who is angry and isn't feeling good and not feeling included and we attack them for something that they're doing wrong, maybe. Right? Where does it take us? It doesn't take us anywhere. It takes us nowhere good. It takes us to that whole laundry list of mum and, and, and hurting people and hurting property. And, and it just takes us to more fighting and more fighting. Fighting just leads to more fighting until someone decides to, to back off. It's the only way it goes. Right? And to, to me, that takes a story which is really painful, and it still is painful, but at least it gives it a little bit more meaning for us. It's something to take with us in terms of how we judge and how we respond when we feel judged and how we kind of you know, move through life, meeting all kinds of people, because we all do. We all do. We all have it in, in, different, in different stages, in different moments, in different experiences. And maybe this reminds us that the best move is not always the quick reaction, but the... Uh, moment to pay attention that there's the 12 chalas and they're all warm okay